Welcome to the Compel Podcast. I'm Lauren Dukeman, and today we are chatting with Alyssa Hawley, who serves at Ethnos Canada's training program. She shares how her role in childcare helps equip families for cross-cultural ministry and supports church planning around the world. So join us as we hear how ordinary women spread the gospel story. It's kind of neat to see how God used this difficult time with my health to direct me into teaching. And I can see with these little ones the impact that that can have for eternity on their lives. Hey, I'm Lauren Dukeman, and I'm here today with Leslie Dirksen and Alyssa Holly. Hey, Alyssa, thanks for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really glad that you're here. So Alyssa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, so I was born in Pennsylvania, and when I was nine, with my parents, we moved to Haiti as missionaries there, and we lived in Haiti until I was about 13, and that's when we moved to Ontario. You're actually an MK. Yes. Yeah. I realize that when I don't know what the answer is to where I'm from. Exactly. I, I remember you telling me that a couple of years ago, but I forgot that you grew up in Haiti. And I'm guessing that's where you heard about missions. So actually, my parents had connections to Ethnos missionaries. They were friends of theirs. And I had visited the Durham campus several times as a child and throughout the years and just kept being drawn back to Ethnos and what they were doing as they were going to places where people have no access to the gospel. So when you moved back from Haiti, you said you were 13? Yes. So at that time, were you still really interested in maybe becoming a missionary yourself? I actually wasn't. Um, I knew that missions was hard, and it wasn't all just an adventure, and so I didn't really want to be involved in missions. I wanted to live in a place where they had electricity and running water and (laughs) lots of those modern conveniences. But then when I was a little bit older in my teens, God really challenged my heart that people are dying who have no access to the gospel in their language. And I thought having running water seems very insignificant compared to people dying without Christ. So was that the turning point then when you were like, okay, now I'm going to go? Yes. Once I realized that in eternity, what's going to really count and what's going to last for eternity is people's souls. So when you were going through the training and raising support, where were you planning on serving? Before I came into the training, I spent one year as an associate in PNG. Um, I worked at Interface in 2007, and while I was going through the training, I was open to wherever God was going to lead, but I really was looking forward to going back to Interface and helping work there. In December 2010, I had been having a lot of health problems, and at that time I had more tests done, um, and they found out that I have a rare chronic kidney disease. And I was asked at the same time to come onto the M8 staff and work in the child care. So I was going to be working in the child care for one year. And during that time was when I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with this kidney disease. Yeah. yeah, so I had been sick for a long time, but the doctors were saying that everything was fine. And so then I was really surprised at how bad it was when it finally was diagnosed. So what were some of your thoughts that you had as you wrestled with this life-changing news with this new diagnosis? My biggest question was why. Like I had just finished the training earlier that year. Why was it after I was done the training? 
I was willing to go overseas and really excited to go overseas. Why did it have to happen when I'm so willing to go and when the need is so great? Like knowing that people need to hear the gospel in their language and yet I couldn't go. That was really hard. When you found out that you couldn't go to Interface, did you have a feeling that maybe this would um, take you out of Ethnos Canada altogether? Actually, at that time, the way the doctors communicated it, at first they didn't realize how serious it was. Um, and they communicated that as after I found something that helped me, then I would be able to eventually go overseas. So I kept trying different medications that didn't work. And it took five years before I had gone through the process of grieving not being able to go overseas. And it took five years before I came to a place where I accepted that that I would be staying in Ontario. Mm. So for five years, I kept thinking I was going to go and I was just going to help in childcare for, I would agree, for one semester or one year. So I always knew that God's character doesn't change, that he's good and the circumstance isn't good. But I would say in my own heart, there were times of, denial that this isn't really happening that once this all finishes then I can go overseas or that it's not as bad as it is because I'd been dealing with it for so many years and just seeing that knowing that God is faithful well like you were saying like you didn't know you kept thinking okay one more year of childcare, and then I can go to Papua New Guinea and you're because you don't know at that time like is this a trial that I just have to endure for a little bit and then I'm out of the trial or is this like your new, this is how life is for me now. I have a new diagnosis and this is for the rest of my life or I, you don't know. Like you just have no idea about time. Yeah, I felt very unsettled. Mm-hmm. I had joined the childcare staff just as a temporary one year commitment. And then as I would extend it by semester by semester, it just, I felt like I was always in a transition mm-hmm. place and I never settled I didn't put anything, hang anything on the walls in my apartment for the first year because I was going to just leave. I wasn't, I didn't purchase items that I needed to for being here in the winter because I was going to have to get rid of them all to go to Papua New Guinea. So that meant that I never settled and that in my heart, I was never settled. And that was a really hard place to be. Mm. And when... I finally did accept it in the fall of 2015. I knew that maybe one day God would open the door again for me to go overseas, but at this time, it was not going in that direction. And I felt a peace, but I also felt a little bit, I felt sad still that 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 door was closed. But that helped me feel much more settled where I am. Did you struggle with keeping a good attitude during those Five years of back and forth? I had a focus on God, not on my circumstance, because mm-hmm. my circumstance was very discouraging. And because my disease is something that's inside, a lot of people don't understand when they see me that I am as sick as I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that was hard too, people not understanding how sick I am. It was just knowing that God is good and that whatever he allows in my life, he he can use that for his glory. But it had to just be keep turning my focus back to God and not to my circumstance. Exactly. And then just to rest in the fact that God is all-knowing and all-sovereign and that this is what he had planned for you. Yes. 
it doesn't mean that there aren't days that I think about how I would love to go overseas or even just for a short time. But overall, this is, I feel very settled where I am. And, and I just, I know that I've talked to lots of ladies here at Ethnos Canada, and I know what a blessing that you've been to them and to their families. And I know we're going to be talking about what you are doing here at Emanate, but yeah, I'm just so encouraged by your testimony and how you have held on to the Lord and he's been your strength. It's just super cool to see. Thank you. Can you share a little bit about Emanate, uh, Ethnos Canada's cross-cultural training program? Yeah, so this is an 18-month course, and it's about church planting and teaching people that it's hard work to plant churches. So in the mornings, parents are in class getting the training that they need to learn a different culture and another language. They're learning phonetics, phonemics, translation techniques, relationship building, a lot of other courses like worldview, living remotely, serving cross-culturally, and the the Emanate training has a three-thread approach, they call it. Biblical worldview is one of the threads that the Bible is has to be the central source and the change that the Bible can make in people's lives. The missional lifestyle is another thread that's about communicating Christ in a different language and culture and making disciples for God's glory. And also the third thread is church planting. Church planting takes wisdom and patience and just knowing all the different things that are involved in church planting. Yeah, so the training program has a different environment from a university or Bible school because many of the women aren't coming straight out of high school or maybe they're coming with their families, right, or from another career. So how does Emanate accommodate for moms with young kids and allow for them to be involved in classes? So while the moms are in their classes, then we have a child care program where they're all their kids up to school age can be in the childcare. And then the moms can sit in on classes and they might have to take turns once in a while helping in childcare, but overall it's covered by staff ladies. And that's from eight to 12? Yes. Okay, I think that's really cool. So why is it important for these moms to get this training? Like why does Emanate Value, not just having the dad in class, but the mom as well, why is that so important? Well, Emanate Value is seeing men and women together trained to take the gospel to the unreached. Churches are made up of both men and women, and it's very important to have women discipling women. There might be times when it would be inappropriate for a man to be teaching. Women and men complement each other in teaching and they can work together. It's going to be families that are living in these cross-cultural situations. As a family is adjusting to a different culture, that's going to affect both of them. So learning some techniques and how to adjust the culture is important. In different support roles too that women do, we don't want them to be limited by a lack of training. In, and so we value that women can be in the training as well. Men and women are both gifted for ministry. Usually men are the primary Bible teachers, but there's that's only one part. There are lots of other ministries. There's literacy, translation, discipleship, medical helps, and lots of other things that you can do. As we've already discussed on Compel, um, we've talked to so many women who have been involved with various ministries, right? So, yes. Yeah. I think the more I think about your role in childcare, it just really excites me because if you didn't have women trained to do ministry in these remote locations, how much it would affect the church plants? Like who would disciple the women and who would teach the, you know, the kids or just different opportunities for ministry woman to woman? 
And a lot of women are really gifted in different translation mm-hmm. and in literacy. Literacy, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm sure you see, like, as you're interacting with some of these ladies who are bringing their kids to childcare, you see an excitement for them as well. Like, they're not just here with their husband so he can go through the training. Like, they're part of it. And you see them growing and learning and maybe even as they're going through the training, they're thinking of ways that they can be involved cross-culturally. Yes, you're right. We see that the training is being for the whole family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so even in childcare, we are teaching the kids things that we're hoping that they will be able to take glean and take with them when they live in different cultures. Can you give an example of that? Like what would be some things that you're teaching the kids? Well, I'm teaching them even just being strong, like coordination and strength they're going to live in places maybe that are uneven and jagged maybe they have to go hiking we go for a long walk to build up their endurance i love that <laughs> it's a practical yeah to keep them from falling off the boardwalk or the swing yeah i love that i don't know if that's no that's like cool. a, no, that's a really good example but i think even just being us being aware of some of the mm. things they're going to have ahead and talking through some things like even with change I think it's practical too for these kids. Like they're all together in the classroom and they're learning how to share. They're learning how to communicate with each other. And I'm sure you see all of that as well. Or being away from their mom for four hours a day. That's big. Yes. Or with another person. But But pretty soon they warm up and are really enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, and you speak English, so that's helpful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So just listening to you, and I'm just seeing how God has given you a real passion for your new ministry. What is exciting about it for you? So when I first came on staff into childcare, this is my, I'm in my 10th year of working in childcare. crazy. (laughs) We should have a big party here for her. Um, And when I came on staff here, I took it from where it was to now seeing where childcare is today and how much it's grown. I want to be intentional. Seeing the kids excited about learning is really important to me. Um, That's the goal is for them to learn. And I'm always adding to what I'm doing. I want ways to challenge them and to help them to grow. The goal in childcare is for children to grow spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, and socially. So it's a very broad goal. And having regular teachers in childcare provides that consistency. We can build on what we did yesterday. And from that, we get to really get to know the kids. And this is a positive learning environment for them. Because they're going to be adjusting to so many changes. So having that as a, a stability, a stable place where they can come and learn, I think really helps them amidst all the changes that they experience. If I was thinking, I want to become a missionary and like, oh, I have to go to, to training and just, you know, shifting from being, if I was a stay-at-home mom, just like, oh man, I have to give part of my day up and giving my kids away to someone I don't know. But just hearing about how you've created just the structured environment and just that it's stable for them. It just, as a mom, it's just easier for me to sit in classes knowing just how great of a childcare program it is. Like that's a relief for someone thinking of going to training and just that transition from you being the only one with your kids to handing that over to someone for four hours a day. That's a big transition for a lot of people. Is that a struggle for moms as they come through? Do they ever talk to you about that? Yeah, a lot of them, some of them have struggles having their kids go to childcare at first. It helps if in, in the fall we have an overlap of students. So we have the returning students and we have new students. And if they're returning students, I've heard that they sometimes talk to each other and are able to encourage the new moms that 
this is a very, it is hard to leave your kids in childcare, but just about the good, the environment that they're going into and how they adjust quickly. And we, we recognize that, that that is difficult, but we also know that this is something that they have chosen so that they can take the gospel to those who've never heard. And so within that context, we are doing the best that we can with investing in their kids. Mm. What programs do you use to teach the kids spiritually? I go through different Bible storybooks. And my class, they have very short attention spans. So at the most, it's five minutes. But what I really emphasize is we're memorizing Bible verses. And it's so neat to see hear them because we sing them hear them singing romans 8 1 and 2 my two-year-old is coming home singing about there's no condemnation (laughs) he's like what i love that that is so awesome it's so cool yeah scripture memory right from like think back when you were a child i can still remember memory verses from you know real young from sunday school yeah. yeah So I feel like they can't always listen. They don't always listen during the actual Bible time. But during learning the verses, when I hear them singing them later, just that, that makes it all worth it. That's so cool. So maybe there are other women in Canada or North America who are facing similar health challenges. And, you know, they want to be involved in missions. They want to go, but now they can't physically go to another country to serve cross-culturally. What encouragement or advice would you give to someone wanting to be involved in missions? I think it starts with a willingness to serve. When you're willing to serve, you will see opportunities. They might not look like how you had originally thought, but if you're open, I know that the opportunities will become visible. And it might take a bit of time to figure it out, but that there are a lot of opportunities to serve in different ways as you're able. Every Everybody is different. What their limitations are might be different, but there are always ways that you can encourage people around you and serve them and what are some of the verses or the truths that you'd like to share with us today so when i was going through the training in my first year um, one of our teachers he would say this quote often and i've thought about it especially through my health as i deal with different things and he said that god has a perfect record of faithfulness and he's not going to ruin it on me so realizing like that god is faithful that I don't have to worry about whatever happened in my life messing up right. God's mm-hmm. faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And then a verse, one that I really like to go back to time and again is in 2 Corinthians twelve nine. Paul's talking about the thorn that he has in the flesh, and he's asked God to remove it. But God says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I feel that even if I feel weak, I know that God will use this weakness for his glory and his grace is all that I need. And as I depend on him for strength, then I'm able to do what he has me to do. And some days that looks different than other days, but just depending on God for the strength that I need and realizing that his grace is sufficient. And even like you said, you know, at the end of the day, you're exhausted because you've given your energy to what you can do, right? And it's just, it's so cool that God, he knows all that. He's made us and he's giving us the strength to to work for him, to to serve him. Sometimes we feel like we have to be strong or have everything all together before we could do something. 
but I guess I've learned that the time I have, the day I have, God has given those to me for a reason and he has something for me. Some days I might not be able to do as much, but knowing that even though on the outside things might not all be together, that God is working in in me for his glory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm always encouraged just to just remember like how God could have used angels to like fulfill the great commission or told rocks to speak yet he's decided to use us and I just feel like the older I'm getting the more I'm realizing wow we're just so frail like the majority of the missionaries I know are dealing with major health issues and God is his plan is to use that like to use that for his glory and he's using weak people and our frail bodies and that just even shows even more how great he is and how he's able to, to sustain us through these, you know, this hard task of being missionaries and the hard task of being here and trying to send people and get people to go. So just, just a neat reminder. That- mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that encouragement. And yeah, just thanks for coming in and sharing your heart with us. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Alyssa. Without the willingness of people like her to serve in childcare, our women missionaries wouldn't be able to be equipped well to take the gospel to unreached people groups. So it is so amazing to see how this childcare program truly impacts church planting around the world. If you are interested in learning more about teaching kids abroad or volunteering in Canada, please visit ethnos.ca go. Thanks for listening.